The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. No mai hoki mai ki the Fold e mihine ko Duncan Greve tokungoa. My guest today is Tovar O'Brien. Perhaps you've heard of her. Maybe most famous person to be on this pod, something like that. But um, also just one of the journalists, no lie, that I most enjoy and admire in this whole industry. She just clearly, I mean, I think we all on some level love what we do, but but she really radiates it. Like when, when Tova's got her arms around a story and is bringing it to you, it's just got this kind of electric kinetic quality and she's just so excited to tell you what the hell just happened today and you know she she was part of that lineage of three news political editors Patty Gower, Duncan Garner, now Jenna Lynch doing an amazing job too that and they they had that really kind of energetic driven house style with a the way that they framed up a story and presented it. I mean, look, honestly, it's not to everyone's taste, but it absolutely is to mine. And I think that they really, you know, despite not being, you know, TVNZ's always the, the biggest game in town. Uh, there are you know, there are plenty of other people who are talking about and framing politics at any given time. But the ones who sort of had the most singular approach to me were always um, News Hub and, and Tova did that job for four years and also did it through the pandemic, which was really, it was really, really important work. And she talks on on the show about how the nature of what they were doing changed. Uh, But, you know, it was was just a great run she had uh, at News Hub. And then it ended with her um, moving to MediaWorks to to build what became Today FM, and there was just a, an ugliness about it. You know, the a restraint of trade was enforced by Discovery, the new owners of Three, and and ultimately upheld in what I think was a completely asinine way by by the Employment Relations Authority. We get into that too, but the meat of the podcast is about you know moving to a different medium, which has wildly different kind of demands on it um, to, to build Today FM. And, you know, that this is a really, I think it's Today FM is a really interesting product. It it does feel like it's it's brought a new kind of vision and energy to to uh, the talk radio space. It's it's faster. It's broader. It, it won't be for everybody. It isn't really showing up in ratings yet, but you do sense from both Tova and from the station more broadly that they're having kind of a blast figuring it out as they go along and they're not scared to fail or try something new. And honestly, in this era where I think there is a bit of a, you know, that there is a 
vision for media that is that it's this pluralist, dynamic place, but there's also forces acting on us, especially with legacy audiences and on legacy mediums, where it can feel like you just have to to try and maintain the broadest possible audience. You have to get a bit bland, and I don't. I just. I don't think that is the the way forward for us. And you know, they, they've had a lot of, of signal achievements in, in that time. I'm sure that you know there'll be people listening to this uh, who, who work at other stations will be like, yeah, sure, but is there even a business there? Look, that's TBC. We we don't know whether there is room for a, a big third uh, mainstream talk radio brand in this country. But they're giving it a crack. And one thing which is really manifest in, in Tova, I think, in this interview is just you can't fake how much she is loving it. Uh, so this is Tova O'Brien talking about her time as in the in the gallery and as political editor and her new very intense uh, role uh, basically leading Today FM. Uh, yeah, on the phone. Tanakwe Tova, and uh, welcome to The Fold. Kia ora, Duncan. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, I'm excited. It's been a while coming, but you know, I think I, think I got bumped for um, Zielinski was, was the last one, which, you know, as far as reasons <laughs> to, to not make it, I think. Well, but, I don't know. I should have maybe postponed him, postponed <laughs> him a month. Can you just, yeah, no, that that's entirely <laughs> explicable. I'm really glad to have you here now. Uh, I mean, uh, you're, you've had a year, you know, like... Switching polarity from like 6 p.m. being the centre of your universe to, to 6 a.m., moved cities from one really brutal, relentless job to potentially a more hectic one. How are you even alive? <laughs> um, I, I, I think I'm, you know, on a diet of adrenaline and, and learnings, but I'm having, <laughs> I'm having a really good time. So I think that's what's kind of carrying me, and particularly the last six months since we were able to actually launch the station and get going. And and we're still learning so much, and every day is, I've described it like this before, but it's kind of like this unwrapping of presence. We have 14 interviews in the show. It's super hectic. It's super exciting, and I just feel like every day I'm kind of, my eyes are widened and I get to open and learn a lot more. So that's what's kind of keeping me alive, I think, is the joy of it all. Do you feel like wired for it? Like it's quite a, I mean, obviously there was, there's, there's the pace and, you know, pivoting of, of TV news, but this is a, a sort of a different medium again, which you kind of can't really, you, you, you'll never know what it is until you're really in it. Do you, do you feel like your metabolism is right? I do. I, I, I know when things are right, and I had this in my last job as well. I know when things are right when I'm excited on a Sunday to get back to work. That's a, that's a good place to be, you know, and it's, um, yeah, I think, I think I am. I'm adjusting because it's a lot more, um, it's, it's a lot busier than the, than the last job, and there's a lot more of it throughout the day, kind of punctuating my day. So I'm, I'm still getting used to all of that, but it's in a very good way. So can you... Tell me, like, let's just go way back and and tell me how you got into this cursed profession. Uh, like, I had, the, I think I read that your mother was a journalist, and uh, just yeah, just tell tell me what why you ended up uh, up here. Yeah, Mum was a journalist, and um, I spent a lot of time as a kid. She raised me in Wellington, spent a lot of time as a kid at Broadcasting House when she was at Radio New Zealand, kind of sitting under the desks and um, filling cups up with Milo and, and hanging out in the newsroom. So I was in a newsroom from an early age, but I don't, I don't know how much that necessarily shaped my path. Um, I think I probably shunned journalism a bit because I didn't want to follow in my parents' footsteps for a long time. I was quite rebellious. And then at 24, 
having tried various different things and failed, that suddenly was this. This makes sense. This makes sense for me in terms of the things that I like to do, which is uh, learn about people, talk to people, um, and and tell yarns. And so that's kind of where I ended up setting off. And then it was a bit of a bumpy road into journalism. From there, I went to Fitzdale when it was all falling apart. Ended up then at Massey University. Asked a friend of mine, Clayton Anderson, who was a producer at Cable Live, if I could have a tour of the Wellington uh, Three News uh, newsroom to see what a real newsroom looked like. And um, Nick Minnett had a job there because he thought I was coming up for a, a job interview and um, ended up on the on the cos desk there. It's a pretty uh, strange industry where that that is a plausible thing that could happen. But uh, I think Sam Hayes had just been given the Nightline gig, so Charlotte Shipman, who had been on the desk, was shunted into Nightline really quickly, and then it was just this kind of yeah, it was just it was pure timing. And Gordon McBride, who was the bureau chief, um, we got along from you know get go, and he brought me in. So. I mean, you were how, how long before you were in the gallery? Because I'm so, I feel like the way that Three's Three's gallery team and the the political editorial in particular is so fascinating to me because it has such a specific kind of house style, and then each new person brings their own wrinkles to it. But there's there's this kind of force and perspective there that isn't necessarily um, apparent in other gallery kind of teams. So. Yeah, t- tell me about going into that and, and how they kind of go about indoctrinating you into that <laughs> amazing kind of urgent style that comes out of three. Yeah, and, and you see it from, from day one that I was on the assignments desk, you know, seeing Duncan Garner and his team at the time with Scott Campbell and Sia Aston, seeing them come into the newsroom at the closing plays of the day because they spend the whole day over at Parliament come and edit their stories in the, in the evenings and it was just this, like, Tasmanian devils would come through <laughs> the office and it was so exciting and the stories were always so exciting. So there was, there was a major draw there from the get-go and I think you're either drawn to it or you're not. A lot of people are just utterly repulsed by it and don't go anywhere near the press gallery for that reason but I was always drawn to it and I just moved up here actually. I was doing some foreign producing and reporting on 643 um, and Duncan offered me the job after 11 months in Auckland, and I flew straight back down to Wellington and, and took it up. So in terms of working with uh, Duncan and then Paddy, like what what was the, uh, you know, how do they, because it feels like the stories are framed and delivered in a in a style that just has a lot more kind of urgency, which I think it honestly deserves, because, and I think that's what people pay attention to, but, yeah, what, what what did you sort of learn from watching those two sort of up close, kind of creating that that vision of what Parliament is and how it interacts with the rest of the country? I think there's a freedom there, and there was a you know there's a freedom at three and at News Hub now to 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 get excited. Yeah, and we all I think that was the thing that drew all of us into that role. We have a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, but the thing that um, draws everyone who works for News Hub Politics into the press gallery is just a sheer love and excitement for politics, and we're free to be those people and, and try and um, try and take as much of that. I always thought it was important to take as much of what we were feeling of a day and try and spray it onto the news at 6 o'clock because we felt like it was important, we felt like it was exciting, we felt like it was chaotic, and we wanted people to see that as much as as much as possible, and I think um, it also helps break through some of the apathy around politics and maybe some of the less exciting parts of politics when you can really see all the the weird and wonderful kinks of it as well. Yeah, I, is there a particular like package that that sort of stands out? Because like you know, for for me when we Hayden recapped it for us at the time, but the uh, Paul Goldsmith Nati Perot, you know, when it felt like you'd 
you were sort of rampaging up Nationals Corridor, and they're like, "How did how did could this possibly happen?" And uh, you know that 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 one sticks out. But is there a whether it's a story or a storyline that really kind of crystallized crystallizes what what the thing could be at, at its kind of apex? It was so often like that. And I think every day, particularly after polls, we would get really excited. So we didn't get a hell of a lot of polls at News Hub, not as many as, as TVNZ, and these were real occasion pieces for us. And there's always, and this is something that Duncan, Duncan and Patty taught me as well, is like the value of the poll, the importance of the poll and the privilege of the poll. So if you put a poll to air... The next day at Parliament, you know, Jenna and Amelia or, or Anna Bracewell Warrell before her would be just as excited as I was to stake out outside the every single entrance of the Parliament to scoop up as many MPs as we possibly could on whatever the results would be. And those stories were always the best fun or, or, or any kind of major moment, like the political moments. So a coup or um, Judith Collins when she sent that, you know, the what ended up being her demise, that press release at nine o'clock at at night, um, kicking Simon Bridges out or, or whatever it was. Jenna and I were there until midnight still talking to people. And, and we were able to capture that and put it into the story. So I think anything like that where you can just kind of um, take people to the place and usually it's around some of those really hotly political moments, I think. That's when the chaos really ensues at Parliament. It's quite a different feel to me. And, and in many respects, it's understandable to the way that RNZ and TVNZ cover politics, like which is a little bit more sober and, and restrained in some respects. Can you imagine, you know, in some future world, working at, at a, like an ANZ PM, you know, this this new thing, which I might talk about a bit more in a sec. Like, or, or is there something in the dynamism of the that that kind of new something that's just would be too hard to restrain into a different house style? And the Today FM thing, and I think I found another level of it at. Today FM as well, and we were talking about it yesterday with the um, we had Christopher Luxon on the show, and some of the thing the, the places I'm able to go with my interviews now, and you can have a bit more fun with them. There's not that, and I'm not saying this about anybody else, but there isn't a rigidity there. There is a freedom to kind of move with an interview and to like surf that wave um, without being constrained in any way. I think News Hub had that in the press gallery and I think Today FM has that in spades. There's, again, there's that freedom. There's that freedom there to, to kind of to play with things and to be playful, to find, you know, things don't need to always be so deadly serious. It doesn't take anything away from um, the the substance of a story or the substance of a policy or the importance of a story. But I think anything that kind of can humanise it a bit more um, and draw people in is a good thing if it makes them their ears prick up to politics even better. Yeah, I think that, that that's something that gets kind of underrated is like you're not, when you're on News Hub, whipping it up into that kind of shape, it's... It's not for nothing. It's not just for fun, even though it looks like a lot of fun at times. <laughs> it's so that you can get people to pay attention, often people who might be at the margins of paying attention to politics. Um, and I do, I do want to talk about that, you know, that beautiful, scary gift of being able to shape something from a blank piece of paper that you have with Today FM shortly. Can we just take a little aside into the media merger, which is I, I'm, you know, I think my wife threatened to divorce me, and it didn't seem like a joking threat if I kept, if I kept talking about the um, the media merger. I think I need to urge you then to stop. We should just move on to whatever your next topic is. <laughs> okay, For the no. sake of your marriage. Alright, alright, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. But um, just just before we get into Today FM, like, how did the the 
pandemic and the way that the work suddenly, the, the creation of the work suddenly became super public as well as the end product, how did that impact the way that audiences related to both the institution and to you as an individual? Um, the institution, I, I mean, p- people were coming to us for, there was a dual purpose, right? So, and it was an interesting one as a press gallery journalist where your, um, your, our relationship with the, the parliament is, is um, there's that, there was like an accountability relationship, whereas we're also moved into this dual purpose kind of public service, um, public service mode. Mm. Uh, so I think that people tuned in, in in a different way. They needed information in a different way, but also uh, the necessity to do the same kind of, same level of journalism that we'd always done was even more important than ever um, because, you know, unprecedented government powers and um, enormous changes that were affecting people in ways that we just hadn't seen. And I always kind of point to examples like women having babies on their own and people not being able to feel love, feel well loved ones and, and where some of the um, the the kind of the ethical line sat with the um, the legal and, 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 and health line. So our, our job was to have this new dual purpose. Um, and then in terms of me, I think uh, that's been... <laughs> Fairly well documented. It was, uh, it was. We had more eyeballs on us than we'd ever had, and um, and some people loved it, and some people didn't. How, how did you sort of psychically manage that? Like in terms of the that load that that ends up sitting on you while you're just trying to do your job. <laughs> I think I just blinked it. And it was really only kind of in the aftermath that um, having conversations with people like you, like this, about it, that it that it really um, manifested. So you, you blink at it because I felt like one of the lucky ones, you know, during lockdown I was able to get up, get dressed every day, walk to Parliament um, through the empty Wellington streets down the waterfront with no one else there and, and do a job, um, and a job that I felt was really important at the time. Uh, and that for me was like a, it was a coping mechanism probably in a whole lot of ways because the pandemic was scary, right? We were all... Terrified. We didn't mm. know didn't know what was going on. So, in a way, it was good for me to have this touchstone. It was kind of the anchor, which was which was work. And so, a lot of all of that other stuff was just white noise. And to be honest, it, it kind of usually is anyway. Oh, I'm glad that you so survived that because it seemed like repellent at, at times. the The thing that's interesting to me, I mean, because I'm sort of a, steps removed from it, whereas you're right at the heart. That do do you feel like yeah, or to, to what extent did you feel like a, a change that, that seemed to grow out of like a sort of an extremely online population, segments of it radicalising in response to events? Like, d- does that feel like a change that has persisted or is there a kind of retreating to, to sort of pre-pandemic norms that you're sensing? I think there's, there's I mean, there's always been pockets and I think there was more interest but I think also there's been a focus on some of the negative stuff whereas there was what we were getting in our inboxes universally in the press gallery I think was also a lot of support which and and if you go to I kind of always give this example it's no one people who come up to me in the supermarkets never say um you know see you next Tuesday whatever whatever that they might on Twitter but the, the 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 real life people that talk to you are usually full of praise or have nice things to say or about a story that might resonate with them for whatever reason and that's the majority of what we were getting online and that's kind of what I see is the the majority of the feedback in New Zealand 
um, sorry, I mean in our own inboxes, and that's the majority of what I see is our, our the, the kind of general makeup of things. I think there are there are pockets, but I don't. I think during the pandemic, probably there were just a lot of people at home on their phones and watching telly. Yeah, I didn't answer your question, did I? No, no, I, I think you did, and in some respects, it's almost quite gratifying to to hear that. As ugly as it can get online, when you actually meet people, they don't, you know, they're, they're more likely to, and that's probably more instructive of how the broader scale population is is feeling than the sort of, I don't know, I still, I just think the the way that these platforms are engineered doesn't bring out the best in us as a species. Yeah, and maybe with the exception of the when um, that first Wellington protest before the um, the, the really bad one, um, there was, you know. The tennis be, ball kind of yeah, one. Yeah, the, ten, the tennis November. ball one, the, the one where, God bless them, they knocked down the barrier and then politely put the <laughs> barrier back up again. So New Zealand. <laughs> so New Zealand. Um, so with the exception of a couple of people hurling abuse at the media and things there, usually the, the lion's share of the feedback or conversations you have with people are really um, are really positive. And, and that's what you focus on as well as, the, again, the people who's, um, who were getting in touch with us and whose stories we were advocating for during COVID and who were grateful when they were able to have their partner at their bedside uh, to give birth to their first child or who could then have a, a person at a tangi with them. You know, So those are the things you kind of hold on to um, and those are the things that I think are, um, hold a lot more weight in terms of how you respond um, than, than some trolls on, online or at a party protest. The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O-Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. You know, like listening to you talk about that your, your time at, at News Hub, you know, the, it's it's and it was manifest in the work itself that there was just, you know, it, it felt like there was nothing else you could possibly imagine doing, and yet, uh, sometime around the time last year, you know, you're you're approached and you make this decision to go, and it becomes this quite ugly sort of scene between. Two companies that were previously one company, and you you kind of caught in the middle while the while the parents are fighting. How disappointing was that for you after you'd given you know effectively your your whole career to to NewsHub and and or, or, or to you know that that previously existing entity in, in various capacities. It was, yeah, it was really sad, um, and it was. I think, but what what I did and what I do is I you know I compartmentalise, so I separate what News Hub meant to me and the people that are my family there still, my friends there still, um, from what happened in the Employment Relations Authority and the people that were driving that. So I have a very clear 
have a very clear um, demarcation between that thing and that thing, and that means that my news hub time and everything that that, that place means to me, which mostly is people, um, and what we're able to do there for other people, um, that's all intact. So everything's everything's kind of fine, and then there was this kind of unfortunate thing, which was really sad. But I don't let that um, I don't let that intrude on on this kind of tapu thing for me. Um, I mean, one of the things that was kind of must have been frustrating about it was that the original plan was to launch. I think it was a, a late late January, and that was really tough. The most extraordinary news event happens, and you're literally restrained from trading at that time and you know like those were those were historic times you know bewildering for all of us the absolute perfect thing for a morning radio show to sort of digest and and reflect to to an audience you know that that must have been for for you to have this one small period of your life when you can't engage with it you know how how was that? That was yeah. That that sucked. I think the thing that was that was hardest though was I felt like I'd put, and you know, um, my colleagues and bosses ha- are always really generous with me about this. But I do feel like I stalled everybody. You know, it wasn't just my restraint. It was it ended up halting all of Today FM. So it wasn't just me and our breakfast show who couldn't report on that it was the entire newsroom and it was the entire, you know, we, we were just, it, it stymied us and that, that really, that really sucked because I felt like I um, was letting down a much broader. But how was it you? I mean, this, 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 like, it was a, like, I think a pathetic piece of, um, you know, I think the, the behaviour of uh, Discovery and you know was just appalling to me, and then the ERA just having no understanding of how the media operates. But obviously, these are my honest opinions. Um, we have so many similar honest mm. opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just just a, you know, it, it feels like a, it, you know it would have been a very different way to open into that uh, that inferno, but. Uh, it started when it started. So tell me about the process of building something from, from scratch. How, how involved were you in terms of the, you know, the conception of the, the station, the way that it approached things, that, the, that sort of quite almost feels now, which is an impressive achievement in a way, that it has this signature kind of pace and tone to it already? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels, and it, it feels like what we set out to do as well, which is nice. I didn't, in those early stages, didn't get to have much to say at all because I was um, sitting quietly at home alone on my couch. But um, but in that first week when we got in there, you know, um, Carol Hirschfeld and I have not done this before, um, but we are surrounded by people who are very, very, very good at radio. And so with them, Carol and I have strong views about what we want the show to be. Um, and then the, all the kind of technical stuff, what we call the clock and how we build all of that, we, we put together in that week in advance. And then it's just kind of been evolving, and it still is. And every single day we come off air at 9am and we have an immediate feedback meeting, and it's the good things and it's the, the bad. And, you know, today was um, feedback was around, great, getting more pace into the show, but Tova slowed down, you know. So every day I'm still, le- you know, there's, we're just getting better and better and we're getting closer and closer to, well, actually maybe we'll never get there. Maybe it's just always going to be this thing that just keeps growing and, and living and that's quite a nice thing about it 
nice thing about it as well. And we're lucky that we've got um, great brains with different strengths and kind of different areas of expertise and um, and passion on the show as well. And everyone's got says in terms of the interview. We've got a lot of interviews, so the more people climbing in, the better. So we have this really rich fabric, I think, in terms of uh, what we put to air every single morning. So all of us have a say in, in shaping it. Do you, that that sort of you know it, it feels like it's it's talk radio, but it it also feels like it has some of the um, that sort of intentional chaos that you get from you know more you know music music's breakfast radio thing. But did you sort of like naturally adjust into that and and. You know, did you know that that's what you were signing up for, or like how how's it sort of sitting with you that that sort of kind of fusion um, element of what it is? Yeah, I don't know if it's ever anything we've had a conscious conversation about. We know um, the things that we believe in, and we know the issues and topics that we want to tackle of a day, and um, and then we just kind of dive in around it. And if that's coming across, I think that's a good a good thing. Maybe it speaks again to that that freedom to be able to do a bit more and say a bit more. Um, but no, I don't think there's been a conscious decision there really. It's like we, f- we follow our hearts with our interviews and the topics and stories that we cover and also, you know, the, the big breaking and um, major news stories of the of the day dictate a lot of, of what we do. And then the rest kind of falls in, falls in around it. Were you a big consumer of breakfast radio? Like, I mean, there's these two juggernauts. That's why this thing has been so sort of you know this kind of everyone's just trying to figure out whether there was room for for a third way um and obviously it's a very big bet that MediaWorks has placed but you know you've got Hosking inherited homes mantle like this this kind of forever dominator of that side of things and then RNZ's morning report you know were you a big consumer of those products and did you sort of have to you know, think hard about how you differentiated yourselves from what you know they naturally do in their lands. I listen. I grew up on morning reports. So I would always be on in the kitchen as a kid, and has always stayed on. Um, which is one of our points we raised in the employment. Like, you know, you're a, if you're a radio listener in the morning, you're a habitual radio listener, That's and right. that was one of the points of kind of. To, to prove that these things are two very different things, television and radio. That said, of course, I would always catch up on um, on AM show interviews as well because I love um, love what those guys do as well. But yeah, RNZ Morning Report was always my always my go to in terms of whether we were trying to carve out a, a new thing or look to them to try and define ourselves. Not not even remotely. Again, we we kind of know what we want to be. Um, and, and maybe, you know, decisions that are a pay grade much higher than mine, sure. But um, in terms of our show, we we know what we want to be. We're having a really, really good time and we're learning a lot. And if we can keep driving the things that we care about, um, then we, we feel like we're on the right track. When when So Mark was, was part of the show initially and, and has... has uh Left now. How does that sort of change the dynamic? Was it was that kind of? I mean, they had always marketed it as Tova and for for understandable reasons. But when that, you know, was it in some ways clarifying that okay, this is this is me and my sort of personality and vision kind of have to hold the whole thing now. Yeah, I miss <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> I, and I love and I loved um, I loved working with Mark, and I have to talk a lot more. But that I. 
I have 14 people to speak to over the course of the show as well, and, and um, Carly's there and and John Day is there also. So there's we have, you know, it's not just me. I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of room for for other voices in there as well. Too much, um, too much, too much. Me would be suffocating. Uh, dis- disagree, <laughs> but the, the the other thing that kind of always strikes me about radio, and, and this is again you know, to, to your point, these are such different mediums and and almost fundamentally like industries. Like the people tend to go to radio and either stick there forever, and something about it just gets its hooks into them, or they sort of bounce out quite quickly. Like. And, and even the fact that you know we're, we're sort of starting a little bit later because you, you know you have to do this panel for kind of like there's just the, it requires a lot of you to to sort of keep the machine running. Do you know have you found that like what what has sort of surprised you I suppose about that that medium transition and the way that the the sort of industry side of it operates versus television? I'm so hooked. <laughs> I, I'm so hooked, and it's you know it's I think. Um, there's a whole there's a whole lot that's different and there's a whole lot that's really hard and it's been a very very steep learning curve for me but that's been fun as well you know because a lot of my other stuff at um at uh, three was was really incremental I had 14 jobs before I became the political editor and so I you know I really kind of slowly worked my way into the place that I um ultimately dreamt of being whereas this one has been like you know and you've got got to get in there real quick and that's and I've loved that I've loved that about it. I love the mechanics of radio and I love, um, you know, I keep using this word, but I love the freedom of it and you never really know where it's going to go next. And that's a joy. And, and where it led recently was, was to Kiev and, um, and to that, that, that interview, which was quite an extraordinary get. Well, you know, just do you want to talk us through that? Like how, how does it possibly happen and, and what was it like to head into a war zone and speak to probably one of the most significant world leaders in the uh, you know there is anywhere right now. And isn't that amazing as well that we did within our first six months? And these are the things that you know with Today FM, I knew it was going to be good, and this is why it has hooked me so much. And I've drunk the Kool Aid, and I'm going to sound like I'm part of this Today FM cult now, but. We're backed to do things that I could never have imagined possible, and everything that Dallas Gurney, my boss, kind of set out when he um, brought me over, and the thing that really hooked me from from those early conversations. That's all eventuated, and then some, you know. And I look at Wilhelmina Shrimpton's documentary this week on ram raids and the things that that her and Simon Morrow, who also who was my um, camera operator in Europe when I was there, and the things that we're able to do in that space as well in podcasting. And so we're just, I just, I'm very, very, very excited about today FM, the support and the backing that we get to do these things. That is an aside. Zelensky and Kiev was just, yeah, it was mind blowing. And I think any time that you get to actually live and experience the things that you're talking about a lot, um, and it was something we were passionate about from our studio in, on Hargrave Street, but to actually go to Kiev and go to Mikulayev and go to Bucha and talk to the people um, that we've been talking about, uh, that, that means the world to any journalist, you know. I mean, so it's interesting because you talk like, I think this kind of thing is hard to fake. Like, it feels like it's a little startup, you know, that it has that kind of adrenaline and hope and fear and, you know, that. But so, you know, I've had both Cam Wallace, the MediaWorks CEO, and Dallas, who's the sort of head of the station, on, on this 
show. And both of them have talked about this having, this is not a, I think we're just going to give a hoon on this. It's like mm. a five to 10 year horizon. We're not going to um, worry about the sort of immediate term ratings. What we want to do is establish a brand, et cetera. You know, do, do you, you know, what, what are your sort of ambitions for it? I mean, next, you know, the, the fact is that, that it has been broader in terms of its scope than, than politics and probably broader in terms of its scope than either Morning Report or uh, ZB. Do you, you know, like how, how crucial is sort of next year? Would you like to sort of start to see it kind of establish and, and kind of and start to appear on ratings and, and that kind of thing from, you know, w- with the election year and all of the energy that brings, especially with your background? I've been told I'm not allowed to look at them. <laughs> And it's and I and I believe them as well because um, I, we're not registering at all and and full as you know in the books um, yet in the surveys yet and we won't until next year I don't think early next year but Cam and Dallas have been pretty explicit that this is not this is not about that first book this is not about the next ten books this is a couple of years down the line then we might start looking at them and we're building building something and again I think it speaks to what I was saying before you know like we love it. We're having fun. We're learning heaps. We're making, you know, we're across all of the big stories. We're breaking stories. And if we're getting, if we're as enriched as we are, I just, I have, I have a lot of hope that other people will will jump on board as well. And we're already seeing it. You know, the feedback we get is immense. It's it's amazing, and we've got a really strong following already. So I think that's, you know, that's absolutely we want momentum and we want to grow and we want to be the biggest and best that we can we can be but um but this is a long-term project yeah it feels that way um well thank you so much for coming up Tova. that's it's been really fascinating and i and i do think that 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 sort of startup energy you, you can feel it emanating out of the i love it the, 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 the brand you know it's because it's not just a station and yeah yeah you can sense that cool well uh, thanks so much for coming up thank you very much duncan The Fold was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network. It was hosted by Duncan Greve. Produced by T.I. Hair Butler. With production management by Rachel LaRue and series production by Jane Yee. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.